When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, which as you know is the Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast. Our Football Insider subscribers had all sorts of questions for us, uh, including whether Case Keenum should start on Thursday, the state of the defense. And even at the very end, we get a little bit into Baker Mayfield's potential contract extension and how complicated it has become. So that's coming up here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Become a Football Insider subscriber if you haven't yet. I don't know what you're doing because you get a daily newsletter delivered to your inbox. I wrote today's newsletter, so you missed that if you're not a Football Insider subscriber. That hurts me a little bit. Uh, you get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com browns, and you can be one of our text subscribers. So go to cleveland.com browns, click the blue banner at the top of the page to get all the information and get signed up. Okay, here we go. Our Tuesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And here we go on our Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange Brown Pod podcast. Our football insider subscribers sending us in questions. And you can imagine, Mary Kay, all the things that are on their minds. So let's get right to it. And let's just start here from the 330 area code. Hey Mary Kay, is it best to play Case Keenum and the backups on Thursday to give Baker, Odell, and the other guys a few weeks to get healthy? And of course, the big name here is, is Baker. Well... That is a great question. Um, I just finished writing a story about how he is actually getting a second opinion on his shoulder. And I don't think we will know. We are taping this on Monday. I don't think we'll know more about uh, the extent of the injury until Tuesday. Uh, That's really the only full day of practice that they have this week on Tuesday with the game coming up on Thursday. Um, And I mean, there's a chance he's he's either going to be limited in practice on Tuesday or maybe even sit out the practice on Tuesday, depending on what happens with these exams. He had an MRI today. Um, There's starting to be a part of me that thinks that sitting him down in this game might be the wise thing to do. Uh, I think he's still in a lot of pain and he's obviously gonna have to wear the harness again. And the whole key is, can he make it worse by going out there? Part of it is, are the offensive tackles gonna play? If Jed Wills isn't gonna play, and Jack Conklin isn't going to play, then he could be a little bit of a sitting duck back there with a torn labrum that might be a little bit more torn than it was heading into this game with the uh, re-injury and the dislocation again. Disturbing that it slipped out again on a non-contact play later in the game after J.J. Watt's sack that he re-injured it on. Uh, So he had the harness on, it slips out anyways. So I think there are a lot of things to consider there's part of me that's starting to think that maybe sitting him down is the wise thing to do. I did think it was interesting when we talked to Kevin Stefanski today that, I mean, as much as he actually does entertain ideas in his, in his pressers that he sort of entertained the idea that maybe Baker wouldn't be out there on Thursday. Now he didn't outright say it, but he wasn't like adamant. Yes. Baker's going to play. And obviously Baker was adamant that he was going to play on Sunday night. But Kevin was Kevin left the door open, I guess, is the way to put it. He left the door open that there could be a decision made in the next few days. 
Yes, he absolutely did. And again, as I went through the day and I did more reporting on on the issue and discovered that uh, it's not just up to the Browns team doctors, you know, Baker has to have a say in this. And Kevin Stefanski said that several times during his press conference, that it's up to the doctors and it's up to Baker Mayfield. Well, Baker Mayfield's part in it includes his own independent doctors looking at these MRI results and advising him on what to do. And even though he's going to want to play, if his people and his docs that he trusts say, you should not go out there, that will, you know, that will loom large in the decision. Now, I said this in my story yesterday, it will take a team of Broncos to keep him out of the game. Um, But, you know, because he's going to want to play. I mean, it's, we have, how many times have we seen him go bounding back into a game when he probably shouldn't have gone back into the football game? We've never seen him miss a game and he doesn't want to start now. He's like Jarvis. He's like a lot of these guys. They don't want to miss regardless of how hurt they are. But um, in this case, it won't just be Kevin Stefanski's decision and it won't just be the Browns team physician's decision. It will be a collective decision. The other part of this too is quarterback is just different. You know, I I mean, that's, I knew that Kevin wouldn't give a good answer for it, but that's why I kind of asked him like quarterback is just different from other positions. Like you're going to, you're going to play a guy or a guy is going to want to play or get out there. Maybe in circumstances that you might rest other players, like nine times out of 10, you want your starting quarterback out there as opposed to your backup. Unless it's just as Baker likes to say, you know, the arm is attached. Well, unless that arm is unattached, he wants to be out there. And, and I think as a coaching staff, you want him out there too. It's just, you just approach that position differently than the others. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you, you, they're going to do everything they possibly can to give him a chance to play unless it is determined that he's putting himself at risk and nobody wants that. Nobody wants him to end up missing the rest of the season. So if sitting him down for a game or even two, probably not to, but, sitting him down possibly on Thursday night and then having him have that 10 days uh, before he has to face the Steelers on Halloween. You know, if that seems like the right thing to do, then, um, you know, then that's what's going to happen. And I find it hard to believe that that's what's going to happen. And I'm sure you agree with me on this, Dan. I mean, it, it would be really hard to keep Baker out of this game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, I mean, he's never, he's never missed a game. No. And it's an important game. It's an yeah. important game. They are at, three and three right now they've lost back-to-back games for the first time in the Kevin Stefanski regime. Uh, it's an AFC game and uh, they have fall. They have slipped into third place in the AFC North. You know, they're two games behind the, the Ravens right now. I mean, you, you don't want to start to see that number grow. So I know he's going to want to get back out there and he'll do everything he can to play in this game. Yeah. I, I, this is a huge game. You're, it's a team you should be, and uh, actually, we can just get to this next question here, kind of on the heels of that of that thinking. But, th- but this is a big game for this team, sitting at three and three. So let's go to Ronnie Butcher from Chapmanville, West Virginia. Hey, Mary Kay, if the Browns finish worse than four and one in their next five games, and just to refresh everybody, it's home versus the Broncos, home versus the Steelers, at the Bengals, at the Patriots, home versus the Lions. So those are the five games leading into the back-to-back games against the Ravens. So... If the Browns finish worse than four and one in the next five games, do they make the playoffs? So 
Listen, it's getting a little dark in, uh, in Brown's Twitter and uh, some other areas where people talk Browns, thinking way ahead to the playoffs, Mary Kay. Do, do they have to go four and one in these next five? You know what? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that they don't have to uh, because for a couple of reasons, uh, there are, they haven't really started, they haven't gotten into their division schedule yet. So that's going to be very key. Uh, there is that stretch that we always talk about where they play the, the Ravens twice in back-to-back games. Um, and a lot can still happen in 11 games. So I, I'm, I'm not going to put that kind of pressure on them that they have to go four and one or they're not making the playoffs because um, even if they don't win the division, obviously they still have a chance to make it as a wild card. So all is not lost if things don't go exactly how they want them to over the next few games. And as we know, now you've got Kareem Hunt out for potentially four to six games. You've got JOK out for as long as four to six games. And, um, you know, we're not quite sure exactly when Nick Chubb is coming back. He might be back soon. I don't think he'll play Thursday night, but maybe he'll be back for the Steelers game. But this is a pretty banged up football team right now. And it's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, they, they worked so hard in training camp to stay healthy and um, they are really banged up right now. And it's, it's unfortunate because you need luck to get to where you want to go. Yeah. I I think it's just one of those reminders that you can take all the precautions you want, but football is uh, JC Treader always says it's a 100% uh, risk of injury. I I mean, look, when you kind of look at the standings right now in the AFC and the, in the way too early playoff picture, Denver is the seventh seed at three and three. And there's a bunch of three and three teams, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, you know, New England and Indy are two and four. I don't know, maybe nine and eight gets you in. So I'm kind of with you. I don't think you have to go four and one if you want to make the playoffs. Now, if you want to win the North, it would probably behoove you to go four and one heading into those back-to-back games against Baltimore because you're already behind them a little bit already. They're five and one. And I don't have their schedule in front of me. I'll look that up here while we're talking. But, um, you know, you you don't want to see Baltimore run away with this division. So they play Cincinnati. They have a bye. Minnesota at Miami at Chicago before they play the Browns. So, you know, some tough, a couple tough-ish games in there, but games they should be favored in. So you you don't want to fall behind Baltimore too much here. No, you really don't. I mean, I think it's going to be a dogfight now all the way to the end. I remember – back when the Browns seemed so healthy as like they were getting healthy going into their opener. And as that was happening, it seemed like the Ravens were falling apart. Didn't it? I mean, you know, you had um, their, you know, their, their starting cornerback uh, was lost for the season. Their running backs were lost. Well, they look really tough anyways. And I was thinking about that with the whole running back thing today with, with the Baltimore Ravens, nobody's going to feel too sorry for the Browns being down Nick Chubb. And Kareem Hunt. I mean, the Ravens lost their, their two starting running backs, and they have found a way to keep the running game going with Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell and uh, doing whatever it takes. So um, so nobody's going to uh, feel sorry, especially not, not the Ravens, when it comes to Kareem being out for a while. You know, since we're on this, since we're on this topic, I'm, I'm just looking through all these questions again and, you know, there are a lot of a lot of people that sort of had this theme of, you know, are, are the Browns in trouble? 
um, that we sort of talked about, you know, Trevor from Los Angeles says he has a sense of impending doom uh, with this team. As I scroll down, um, I, I see someone else, uh, someone is telling us the Mac, MacBook Pros were announced today. I think that text was maybe meant for somebody else. Uh, Dave Richardson in Miami, you know, is it too early to say the season is lost? We, we just have a few folks that kind of texted us questions on, on that theme. We discussed this yesterday on the post-game pod, Mary Kay. I, I mean, Sunday was bad, but is some of this doom and, and gloom a little bit over the top here, do you think? I think so. I really do think so. And here's why, Dan. Think about this. Even, you know, and I have been probably more critical of Baker than most other people so far this season. But think about this. He just played a game without Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, his two starting offensive tackles, right? And then, you know, loses other players in the game and he's wearing a harness. So it, it seems to me that when Baker sits in the post-game press conference and says, you know what, we're going to get better. We've got 11 games left. Nobody's making the playoffs right now. And I like our chances. I think he's thinking of, you know, like, and when he says this doesn't resemble who we are, no, it doesn't resemble who you are because half your offense wasn't out there, right? So these are the things that can go better for Baker Mayfield going forward. His shoulder can get better. And hopefully for him and for the Browns, it will get better. Jarvis can come back. Nick can come back. Kareem can come back. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker can get better together. I mean, the, everything can get so much better than it's been. Austin Hooper and Baker haven't even started to connect yet. So I think that the future looks bright if all of these things get fixed and they are all fixable things. Jed Wills, I mean, Jed Wills hasn't been the same since he sprained his ankle in the opener. I mean, Baker's been sacked 18 times already on pace for 51. But it's not like, oh, okay, he's had his tackles and he's had Jarvis and he's had Nick and he's had, uh, and Odell's been there and around and they just look horrible. No, there are reasons why it hasn't been what everybody thought it was going to be. Okay, so let's stick with this theme. This comes from the 719 area code. Hey, Mary Kay, at the beginning of the season, mostly everyone had the Browns grouped together with Baltimore, Kansas City, and Buffalo. Using the Chargers as a measuring stick, how far would you say the Browns are behind those teams, specifically the Ravens now? Two games. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just straight up look at the standings. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? If you get ev like if everything comes back the way that all the stuff that I just described, if everybody comes back onto the field, I think they're going to be okay offensively. Now, defensively, I, I also think they're going to get better. I think a lot of what we've seen so far is a function of Joe Woods has had to figure out his personnel. He's had to figure out, do I keep playing JJ, you know, JJ three, as that deep post safety, or do I try some different things with him? Do we keep playing off coverage or do we try some different things? Do we play more zone, more man and less zone? You know what I mean? Like he has to figure his personnel out. Last year, the offensive coaches didn't really figure out their offensive personnel until midway through the season. And when they figured it out, they played a lot better. 
That's what Joe has to do. They need to go back to the drawing board a little bit and they need to reevaluate what's going on on defense from a schematic standpoint and from a talent standpoint and who's playing where, what, maybe they need to switch up some of the defensive backs, the safeties, uh, the responsibilities. Now that they know what Grant can do and they know what Ronnie can do and they know what John, you know, I just think that, um, that they need to tweak some things. I think they need to tweak some things schematically defensively. And when can they do that? Well, they can't wait until the bye in week 13. That's too late. That's what happened last year with the offense at the bye. They, they like tore the whole thing down and built it back up. They can't do that now because that's week 13. But what they can do starting Friday until they get to the Steelers game is they can do some reevaluation in their mini buy. And that's what they need to do. Yeah. And, and so when we talk about these teams, you know, not to turn this into like, let's spin everything positive here because that was a bad game on Sunday. But when we talk about some of these top teams, Buffalo is kind of the only team that has just absolutely rolled so far. And you, you could make the case they haven't really played anybody yet, but I, you know, I mean, you got to be impressed with Buffalo. They smoked Kansas city uh, recently. So that's, that's an impressive one, but the chiefs are three and three right now, just like the Browns and on the outside looking in Baltimore, even at five and one, you know, they, they had that weird win over Detroit that, you know, that kick never should have happened. Uh, Indianapolis missed a field goal as time expired that would have won that game. You know, they just beat the Chargers, who are one of the other teams we're talking about, 34 to 6. So, you know, you've got you got to be a little bit cautious to not be too prisoner of the moment coming out of that Arizona game. You know, this thing could go off the rails for the Browns because of the injuries and things like that. But at the same time, all of these other kind of elite teams, it, it hasn't exactly been perfect for them either. No, not at all. And it's still so early. And it's earlier this year than at this time last year because there's an extra football game this year. So when we talk about there's, you know, still a lot of time left, there really is a lot more time left, uh, you know, than there was that, that one game, I think is just, it makes a big difference in a lot of different things. Um, so, yeah, I think that um, so much can happen. And what you want to be doing is playing your best football. I don't think you really know exactly who is who until mid-November. Mid, mid to late November, you're like, okay, now the picture is very clear. Who's got a dominant defense? Who's got an amazing quarterback? Who's got a great running game? I mean, you know, I mean, nobody really knows all of this quite yet. I mean, look, the Dolphins, you know, so disappointing. Um, you know, there are teams that are overachieving. There are teams that are underachieving. And it will all start to become a little bit more clear as you go along. And health is such a huge part of it. Health is an enormous part of it. Is Baker Mayfield going to be healthy for the rest of the season? I mean, the Browns don't even know that. The Browns don't even know that. Hopefully for him and for the Browns, this shoulder is nothing that is going to alter the course of their season because that would be a big disappointment for everyone. Okay, this question comes from Drew from Garden Valley, Idaho. He actually sent us two. Uh, the first one, you, you kind of were talking about the defense earlier, so let's start with this one. Hey, Mary Kay, 
how long do the Browns give Joe Woods knowing the window of opportunity to win with this roster is short? Well, this brings me back to in the first half of last season, nobody thought Kevin Stefanski was the NFL coach of the year, right? I mean, he, he wasn't the NFL coach of the year until the second half of the season. So I think that we need to give Joe Woods the same benefit of the doubt. We always knew that it was going to take a while for the defense to come together. Now, I think I, I think this more than some current people do, but I think training camp and practice is important. I think it's important to work together and to figure out how to do things. And they never had it. They just, and people accuse me of making excuses about this but it matters, right? I mean, think about this. Grant Delp, I mean, Dan, you were there every day. How many days did you see them practice together as a defense until the week before the Kansas City game? Not many. Two, one? Maybe. I mean, maybe. They never played a game. They never played together. And, and that, that matters. They're still finding their way. I think they have plenty of talent on this defense. I still think they have plenty of talent. They're not getting the most out of the talent and there's things that they have to do. But I think once they put the puzzle pieces together and the lights come on for everybody, they're going to be okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. know. (laughs) It's, you know, I I don't know if you make a, a knee jerk move like in the middle of the season, but you know, I think we talked about it coming into this year. This is sort of, you know, Joe Woods has his, has his weapons now and they spent a lot of money on that side of the ball. Um, I I think six games is too early to make some sort of, you know, definitive judgment about what this defense is going to look like, but uh, he's, he's got to figure out a way to get this turned around. And, you know, one of the themes and and some people did ask about it is John Johnson, the third and how he's being used. And and you kind of touched on it too. Like, like that's, I, I do think you kind of look at some of this and say, okay, is that player being used properly in this defense and if if he's not why is that happening well I you know it just might be because um because of injuries and because of circumstances because it does seem like it's not the defense it's not the role that he played when he was with the Rams he talks about how he was kind of all over the place um and now he's kind of confined uh to the deep post there um and it must be because nobody else is at least yet sort of capable of playing that role. And I don't know if anybody else can or should, but these are the kind of things that need reevaluation. And I also think I would probably get Chris Kiffin a little bit more involved in the overall process of the defense. I don't think it's a matter of Joe Woods isn't doing a great job. I just think that they need to put some heads together a little bit more. And, uh, and see what else that they can come up with. I think they need a few, you know, more different voices that sort of help collaborate on, hey, let's try this, let's do that. Uh, they need to take a deeper dive into third down and certain things um, that, you know, that they can do on, on defense and see, should somebody else be playing that role? I, I don't know. Um, but you want to get more out of John Johnson, the third, than you're getting out of it. Now, I think we're both surprised, right. That, that he hasn't made more of an impact yet. Maybe it's just a matter of time. 
you know, I, I don't know, but, um, but I, I don't know. Oh, here's the other thing I was going to say. And I think this is important to note. They might have just played a Super Bowl team. That's a good football team that they played. Right. Right. It's a good football team. I mean, they, they're six and oh, that's a really good offense. Kyler Murray's good. DeAndre Hopkins is good. So I think that has something to do with it. They've lost to to three pretty good offenses. So I think that's a factor. You know, like you said, they they could go out. I mean, the Broncos are struggling. They could go out and just beat up on some of these lesser offenses coming up over the next four or five weeks. Yeah, that's true. But the flip side of that is, like, who are you playing in January? Right. You're not, you're not playing Justin Fields and you're not playing the Houston Texans right? or even the Minnesota Vikings. You're, you're playing, I mean, you're going to have to beat the chargers. You're going to have to beat, you know, you're going to see Arizona, but you know, when you've got a team in third and 19, you can't let them score touchdown. So, uh, you know, whether that's personnel or scheme, they, they've got to get that stuff figured out. Absolutely. 100%. And like I said, I do think uh, that the lights are going to come on. And we've talked about this before. There's a lot of really young guys, you know, you forget because, because Grant's been around for a while, you forget how young he is, you know? I mean, he didn't play less. He didn't play his rookie year. So this is his rookie year. So they've got like four or five rookies out on the field at any given time. That's a lot. That's a lot. And Joe Woods is a guy who likes veteran experienced players. That's why he wanted to like ease JOK into it. We have to talk about JOK at some point on this, on this pod too, because I think that's a very significant loss for them over the next how many ever weeks. Oh, it's, I mean, it's huge. Let's, let's just do it now. I mean, he had played um, about 50% of the snaps there in the middle of, of what we've played so far. Then it got up to 91% against the chargers and 85% yesterday. So his snap count uh, increased significantly and now they're not going to have him. So now you're going to be relying on, you know, I, I don't know. Does this mean more Sione Takitaki? Does it mean more Mac Wilson? Uh, you're you're going to be trying to figure some things out there with, with JOK out. And John Johnson today said, like, they've had packages in for JOK and, and plays specifically designed for him. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, they drafted him to do certain things. He was the team's best blitzer. I mean, you're taking off the field your best blitzer and a guy that can do things that nobody else can. And talk about the lights coming on. The lights were really starting to come on for him, and that is why he was starting to play so many more snaps because he was figuring it out. And I had said all along, too, that once Anthony Walker got back onto the field, that JOK was really going to pop because he was going to have his mentor next to him on every single play and, or, you know, nearby on every single play. And that could say, you know, go hard on this play, or you need to do this, or you need to do that, like another coach on the field. And so I really think that he was just gonna come out of his shell and sort of live up to his potential in terms of blitzing, in terms of strip sacks, you know, getting some of those takeaways. Uh, I think he was gonna be making some of those dynamic, dynamic plays. And I think that is a pretty big loss because not only do you miss those four or five games, but when you're a rookie, you're missing development. You're missing seeing things. That's the thing. That's another thing with JOK. You have to 
be able to see the field and know where the run fits are and know where to be on, you know, not just running around and using your speed. You got to know what you're doing. And so it's going to be a setback from that standpoint. Uh, and it's, and when he comes back, you know, you're not bringing a five-year veteran back onto the field that can just pick up right where he left off. He's still in learning mode. And so, you know, I don't want to say that his season is, is, is lost, but this is a significant setback for him. It's been, uh, you know, if anybody can handle it, it's probably, it's probably JOK, right? I mean, he's just had the season of stops and starts. He started on the COVID list. He got stitches in his forehead. I mean, you know, I think you're right. This is certainly a challenge for him, but if anyone has shown that they can handle something like this, it might actually be him. Yeah. He's got a great head on his shoulders and he's, I mean, he just got a great attitude. He really does. Uh, so I think that will help him. He's a very mature player, wise beyond his years. We've kidded around. He like even looks a little older than he is. Right. I mean, he just looks like he's been around for a while. Um, but he, he's just a very grounded player. And the thing about him is, and we already know this from when he had to be out for COVID and stuff like that is that, I mean, you just know that he's going to, you know, be at home using the dumbbells and the fruits and whatever he, (laughs) whatever he needs to do, uh, to stay on top of things. And I mean, not that he'll have to be at home. He'll be around in the facility for all of the meetings and everything, but, um, but obviously he won't be practicing. Um, but he's a guy that will, he's a student of the game. He'll stay in it mentally. He'll do everything that he possibly can. He'll work really hard. And when it's time, he'll be back and he'll try to hit the ground running. Okay. Now Drew sent us another question and, uh, you know, until we get to that November 2nd, it's going to be something people want to know about. Uh, Hey, Mary Kay, do the latest injuries change the Browns front office approach for the looming trade deadline? Well, the only way uh, that it would do that is if one of these seemed like it was going to almost be, I would think, you know, season ending. And, you know, I, I think it seems like everybody's coming back in enough time that they, like, I don't think they feel like they have to make a big, huge move. If anything, maybe they would make a more of a minor deal. I could see something like that. Uh, but, you know, I, I wrote a column saying that they should try to trade Odell. I was thinking that Odell was going to have five touchdowns and 125 <laughs> yards in that game. Uh, he still had a pretty good game. He had, he had a pretty good game. But, um, but you're not going to be able to trade a guy like that because of his salary. It's just not realistic unless you did some kind of a creative thing where you take somebody else's uh, guy that needs a change of scenery off their hands and you kind of swap some salaries, but there's not very many situations like that. So I don't anticipate that happening. If anything, maybe a minor deal here or there. Yeah. I mean, we don't really necessarily have a a big feel for how this team will approach a a trade deadline, Um, but we do know that they love having those draft assets and, and Andrew Barry's not afraid to be aggressive and he's not afraid to use the trade market, but I think he's also very protective of draft assets. So I would imagine unless they think they're getting someone who really changes the game for them, or if they are going to be without it, if they would end up being without a really key piece for a long time that, that he would want to, uh, he'd be very careful parting with some sort of high draft asset, at least to make a move. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I mean, almost if anything, you know, maybe a swap of some players here or there, you know, I could possibly see something like that where, you know, a couple of guys just need a change of scenery 
and you just end up making a trade in that regard. But other than that, no, you're right. I don't see them giving up any significant draft capital. All right, let's end with this one. And I'll admit it's, it's kind of a doozy, but people ask about this when, when Baker has a bad game. And, and of course now with the injury. Um, so I'll just kind of sum these up all into one question here. Uh, hey, Mary Kay, how complicated is Baker's extension now? I think it's pretty complicated, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty complicated. I really do. Uh, Because the plan really was, uh, and the hope for both sides, was that by this point, they would be humming along and that he was going to look really good. And they would have been at the negotiating table by now, working out a contract that by somewhere around the trade deadline, they would have wrapped it up and ridden off into the sunset together. That was kind of the, the way that it was supposed to happen. And it's not working out that way. It's, it's, not, it's not working out that way. I don't think that the Browns have significantly changed their feeling or their opinion of Baker Mayfield, but the, the vibe just isn't right at this moment to go out and hammer out some blockbuster $40 million a year extension. It just doesn't, I suppose it could happen, but I'm not feeling that it, that it will happen right now. I think more so than anything that let's, they'll try to get through the season, see how it goes and pick it back up again after this season, knowing that they have him wrapped up through 2022 with his fifth year option. I don't even think he would necessarily want to negotiate a contract right now, not from a position of strength. He wants to be able to say, look what I've done. And he didn't have that right now. Yeah, you're, unfortunately, you're kind of at this point where they have to figure out, especially if this is an injury that's just going to linger for the rest of the year. They've got to figure out, okay, how much of what they're watching is the injury? How much of what they're watching is real? As far as like, okay, these are some of his shortcomings. These are his strengths. And it feels like, again, some of this can be prisoner of the moment, but it does feel like right now, maybe this thing does bleed into a year five, which Mm -hmm. isn't ideal, but that might kind of be where everybody gets stuck. If if this is, I mean, if this, if this shoulder is popping in and out over and over again, and, and you're thinking about playing Case Keenum on a Thursday night football game, it, I don't know. I don't think this is something that's going to be better necessarily by January. I think there's still going to be a lot of questions. Yeah. And I mean, really, when you think about it, I mean, if you, if you sat down, uh, if they sat down across from each other, Andrew Barry and, and Mayfield's agents, they sat down and they started looking, looking over the numbers and things like that. I mean, he's 26th in ESPN QBR right now. Uh, he's I think 17th in rating, uh, you know, in terms of, passes of 20 yards or more, which all you have to do is turn on any NFL football game. And what's going on downfield passing all over the place. You see, I mean, Derek Carr, boom, boom, boom. Right. I mean, so many of these quarterbacks are just heaving it downfield. It's, it's a huge part of the NFL game this year. And Baker's really struggling in that regard. Now maybe it'll get better, but heading into the Cardinals game, he w- he had completed six of 24 passes of 20 yards or more for 25%. And that was 29th in the NFL. Now he's up to 33.3% because he had a little bit more success in that regard against the Cardinals. Uh, but it's still, 
not what you're expecting from him. I, again, I think it will get better when he and Odell have a little more time together, when Jarvis is back and, you know, the tackles are back and blah, 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 blah. Um, but there's just not enough like good stuff on the resume right now to be sitting down and trying to hammer, hammer out a new contract. The time is not right now. Yeah, this is, uh, this has gotten a lot more complicated. And mm-hmm. like you said, if, if the two sides sat down, like, like Baker, I'm sure still wants that $40 million. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he understands that there's no way the Browns could possibly give that to him right now. So kind of like you said, I'm sure they wouldn't even, unless the Browns were willing to just do that. I'm sure they wouldn't even want to do something right now. No. And now when you look at Lamar Jackson, what would you say? I mean, if like if, if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens wanted to sit down and try to hammer out the contract, what would you say to that, Dan? Like good idea, bad idea? Uh, I mean, I, he might win a second MVP here <laughs> this year. He's, yeah. he's, he's in that conversation right now with Kyler and uh, some other guys uh, potentially win an MVP. So, um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you do that one. Yeah. I, th- I know there's, again, that one's complicated as well, but with the way he's played and he's still young too. I mean, he, he, um, he doesn't turn 25 until January. Unbelievable. Which is just wild. So, yeah, I mean, to me, that one coming into the year now, that one was one that you're like, oh, I don't know, let's see what they come up with. And now it just feels six games in. Yeah. You know, it's a no brainer. Exactly. Six games in, you're like, oh, yeah, go, go do your extension. Does he deserve Josh Allen money? Heck yeah, have at it. But Baker didn't put himself in that category through the first six games for whatever one reason or another. He's, he did not achieve that. So there's a little stop sign up. It's, it's, it's not time. I mean, they've, they've got to reevaluate this both, both sides. All right. Well, there we go. We wrapped it up with a Baker contract question, uh, which I know our, our listeners love. I know Doug Maurice doesn't love to talk about it, but I know our listeners and our texters love talking about that Baker contract. It's a big deal. Quarterback contracts are a big deal. It's a lot of money and they're big decisions. And you know what? And let me, let me end this on a brighter note. He still does have 11 games this season to add to that resume yeah. and to, to finish hot like he did last year. And if everybody comes wandering back in and he gets protected and he has time to throw the ball and he's got his go-to guy out there and he and Odell start to heat up a little bit, I mean, it could still be lights out for him. I mean, he could still get this. T- they, nothing is off the table yet. They could still achieve all of their goals this season. So we should end on a brighter note like that. And look, if Jarvis comes back and Baker suddenly starts picking it up and playing well again and has that security blanket back, give Jarvis 40 million a year too. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Just tie those two together forever. All right, that'll do it for the Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. A little different schedule this week with the Thursday night game. So got to watch the tape is coming your way Wednesday. Thursday, we will do our picks pod. Friday will be our post-game pod. And then I think what we're going to do next week is we'll come back on Tuesday with uh, a new Hey Mary Kay edition of the podcast. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast. You won't have to worry about all that schedule. It's just going to show up when the podcast publishes. And of course, make sure you're a football insider subscriber to Cleveland.com slash Brown's the blue banner at the top of the page. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. <laughs>